Hello, and welcome to a very socially distanced episode. Uh, Let me start that over. No, no, I think that's the intro we should use. Maybe. Maybe. I'll try it again. Hello, and welcome to a very socially distanced episode of Nerd Plus or Minus. I am your co-host, Brian, of Brian's Comics, and with me always uh, well over six feet away from me is uh, Aiden. How you doing, Brian? Good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. good. Well, here we are in the in the middle of a, of a pandemic, and uh, we've done a few of these recordings uh, via... Um, Instagram Live, mm-hmm. and now that things are loosening up a bit, until they clamp back until down, until they <laughs> aren't, um, yeah. we are uh, set up <laughs> very far apart from each other. Yes, across the room, easily and, six feet apart. Yes, and uh, uh, recording uh, a, a very special uh, episode. A few weeks ago, uh, it was in the news that um, comic book writer Denny O'Neill, Dennis O'Neill. Um, passed away, and I immediately thought that it, we should do a special episode on uh, Green Lantern, Green Arrow, number 85, the uh, the Roy Harper drug abuse a- issue. So Aiden had never read it. No. Um, I hadn't read it in a long time, So uh, and thanks to the, the kind folks at DC Comics, they have uh, put out the um, facsimile edition of it so it was easier to read um and just read that single issue so absolutely uh, even though it is part one of two parts uh i feel like this is the issue that is more um iconic yeah it's more iconic it's got the iconic cover it's got yeah yeah and it deals you know it deals a little bit more you know uh, the second part of the uh story arc deals with more kind of like the fallout of 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 recovery and all of that, but this is the issue. This is the <clears throat> this is the one that everybody thinks of of the 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 drug abuse um, issue. Uh, originally released in September of 1971, uh, it was uh, Denny O'Neill writer, Neil Adams art, and uh, the two of them did quite a quite a few of these together. And there were other artists in the rotation as well. Bernie Wrightson did some of the stuff. You're talking about Green Lantern, Green Arrow? Green Lantern, Green Arrow, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, 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 this time period is kind of affectionately known as the hard-traveling heroes. Mm. Um, Green Lantern and Green Arrow are taking on a lot of uh, social issues, uh, social inequalities, there's the uh, famous issue that came out of... But, Brian, I thought we weren't supposed to have politics in our comic books. <laughs> comic books aren't yeah. meant to be political, Brian. I don't know in what world uh, people think that comic books aren't political, but, um, yes, that is the feeling of a lot of people out <coughs> there that, that there shouldn't be politics in your, in your comics. But um, comic books are written by human beings, and human beings have... Uh, um, allegiances one way or the other and so this is kind of one of those time periods where people are like oh they shouldn't be political and it's like well guess what some of the best stuff in comics yeah is political so 
Um, and art with a, with a message is the best type of art. Exactly. And, you know, what better way to kind of get it across? At the, at the, at the time, Denny O'Neill started writing Green Lantern and teamed him up with Green Arrow, the, the series wasn't doing so well. So he was pretty much given a blank slate to do whatever he wanted with the series. Yeah, so this was the Green Lantern series, right? Correct. And then it became Green Lantern, Green Arrow. Right. I mean, the two of them, they, they, they've teamed the two of them up before but mm-hmm. this is yeah this was was green arrow coming into the green lantern series and the two of them uh basically kind of traveling around and taking on different social issues um race inequality was one of them uh there's you know the famous famous panels where uh african-american man is, is asking green lantern you know you you fly out in space and you help the blue people and you help the green people, but how come you're not down here helping the black people? You know, and it's 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 it was really kind of like there was a strong message inside of there. And, mm. You know, th- th- it was even stronger with you know Hal Jordan's answer was, I don't know. You know, yeah. it's, it's so like there was no real answer. So this was, um, this was a, an interesting period because there were a lot of strong messages. Issue eighty four before this one took on kind of like. The idea of plastics and pollution and, and mm. what it does to the environment. And then um, along comes issue 85 with the iconic cover of Green Lantern and Green Arrow and uh, Speedy Roy Harper in the foreground with uh, uh, all of his heroin paraphernalia and uh, uh, Green Arrow discovering that his ward is a junkie. Yeah. I'd, I'd be really interested to see what this... You know, it's such a relevant message. It's mm-hmm. such a relevant, uh, not, I mean, not necessarily this issue. This issue is relevant, but uh, just the structure that the series as a whole took, the uh-huh. Green Lantern, uh, Green Arrow series. Uh-huh. I'd be really interested to see what that series would look like today. I, I, I would, yeah. I'd be interested to see if somebody would be brave enough in this political climate to tackle similar issues in a similar uh in a similar story yeah. or maybe this is just a thing of its time I, I i feel like it is a it is a thing of its time because before we started recording um you had asked if this was around the time of um just say no yeah that was my initial impression just because i know that there have been many i've heard of many comic books that were kind of commissioned or like the government talked to comic book companies right and they mm-hmm. asked hey could you do a PSA thing about this about this issue yes um, and just reach reach the youth through this medium some of the some of the most interesting comics out there are some of those PSA comics and I've, I've come across them you know it's like uh, spider-man versus the you know the the smoke monster you know the anti-smoking comic books or mm. Uh, you know, Teen Titans, uh, there was a Teen Titans, like, dare say no to drugs, mm. um, you know, comic book. And, yeah, the, like, that was that was kind of the way, um, as you said, it was the way to kind of reach the youth, quote-unquote. Yeah. Um, well, it was just a more prevalent medium back yes. then than it yeah. is today. Yeah, but it's—and it's, it's and I, and I think, um, in a roundabout way to answer your question, if they were to do something like this today— it would come across as one of those government PSAs. It, I feel like it would come across as a, um, like, oh, somebody forced them to do this. Well, know? yeah, and I, I don't bring this up to be, like, controversial or anything, but I just think about how uh, divided fandom is right now. 
uh, and how <laughs> divided everything is. Right how now, divided but fandom? E- yes, yes. How divided everything is right now, and so you have um, people on on all different sides of the argument and how they would react to a to a book like that. I think it'd be really interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how well it would be received. Um, if some people, I imagine it would be very polarizing, but I just think it'd be interesting. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it'd be interesting in, in to see how um, a social commentary like this w- would be taken, you know, and I can already see the the, the, the Twitter posts about it. Oh, yeah, but there, are, but there are new issues now that can be covered that uh, weren't as prevalent back then, like uh, mm-hmm. LGBTQ rights, trans rights, all that sorts of stuff, which I think would be really awesome if somebody... Uh, Shona, uh, shone shined something uh shined a light sh- shined a light on those on those issues today yeah, yeah. no i i agree mm. um and it did, like at the time too like this predates the like, like i said this predates the the just say no stuff but mm-hmm. at the time this was extremely controversial yeah and um the a few months before this mm. There was the Amazing Spider-Man issue that came out that dealt with drugs, mm-hmm. and it dealt with Harry Osborn, um, you know, taking drugs, and it was um, it did not meet the Comic Code Authority. Yeah, and so it was the the little uh, the little box that you see on on a bunch of older comics where it says approved by the the comics code authority they would not approve that issue and stan lee at the time said we're publishing it i remember that yeah we're going without it i wasn't Um, there but i no no yeah i mean it's 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 a very it's a very uh um it's a big part of of comic book history Mm -hmm. um was that like the first really big book to stray away from that was and in fact that was really the first one that said you know we're we're going ahead even without being approved by the comics code um, I wonder what, because I'm so removed from that today, mm-hmm. I wonder how big of a deal that actually was when it came to purchasing decisions. Because I'm so used yeah. today uh, to, parents are pretty, for the most part, tuned into what uh, what their kids are consuming, what entertainment their mm-hmm. kids are consuming. Mm-hmm. They're pretty up to date with ratings on all sorts of uh, mediums of entertainment. So I wonder if... But I wonder if parents really noticed or even cared about the Comics Code Authority uh, badge. I wonder if that was really publicized to parents. It, it was for a time because of the uh, Senate hearings and um, uh, yes, because of seduction the whole, of the it, innocent. It, yes, we, we can go down that whole rabbit hole, and we probably should sometime. We, yeah. I, I imagine we will. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, and I'm still trying to get a hold of uh, a, a copy of that book, mm. uh, Seduction of the Innocent. Is it hard I, to find? It's it's out of print, I believe. Um, it just yeah, in and so. out of print. Um, but also, like, I don't think there's much demand for it since it's uh, um, a bunch of nonsense, yeah. to put it bluntly, or or to put it mildly, I yeah. should say. Um, uh, for those of you that don't know, there 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 were um, back uh, you know back in the early days of comic books, there were actually Senate hearings about how evil and destructive comic books were to the youth, and um, that is uh by and large what brought about the uh the comics code authority 
Yeah. And for a while there, yeah, I mean, it was like uh, the the depiction of a severed head on the front of a comic book, you know, shocked and and you know dismayed the most tame and, thing yeah and it was it was something that sent <laughs> not just not to say severed heads are, are tame but but by modern standards by modern standards well anytime we're you so look past back, that anytime you look back and see what shocks a previous generation mm. it's it's almost laughable mm. i mean in 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 my in my lifetime i went from seeing ozzy osborne uh be like Picketed, uh, picketed against, and and you know, parents hating him because he bit the head off of a bat on stage, and he was satanic, and he was evil, and mm. public enemy number one, and this rock and roll hardcore music that he's bringing into the homes is is evil. And then you flash forward a few years later, and he's sitting there at a, you know a a White House dinner, and he has a reality yeah. show where you can barely comprehend what he's saying because he's so hilarious now a great a great quote uh i heard on a podcast recently from a guy named mike biffle and i'm par- and i'm paraphrasing but um it was like to put it bluntly uh new forms of entertainment are adopted as art as soon as the generation that didn't have them growing up dies off like to put it bluntly yeah uh yeah. and so as soon as you get rid of the generation that didn't grow up with these new uh, maybe forms of music or entertainment or anything like that. Um, comic books mm-hmm. in this scenario. Comic books, not necessarily the most popular medium of entertainment right now, but largely considered to be art. Yeah. I, uh, and so it's because that generation no, that had a dissenting opinion no longer really exists. True. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's kind of well put. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I, it's not my quote, you know, to be completely fair. But uh, yeah, I thought that was uh, relevant. Yeah. Yeah. So so coming back to the to the Comics Code Authority. So I think, you know, by the 70s, I would say that that, you know, I don't think parents were like, oh, well, is this one approved by the comic? You know, it, it had and honestly mm. still does to this day carry the stigma of comic books are just for kids you know after after the senate hearings and after things were kind of regulated Mm. it was like oh this is just kids stuff and you read them until you're a certain age and then you move on which you know uh, i failed (laughs) you and me both pal um so i don't think it was a matter of parents like well let me see little johnny if this one is approved by the comics book you know it's yeah. not like it's not like movie ratings or anything like that and i i would dare even to say that that there were parents out there who didn't even know that you know yeah i don't think that many are are were that clued into it there are certainly things that parents today aren't clued into mm-hmm. so to assume that the yeah, to assume that they were always clued in as to what comic books were up to would be, you know, nonsensical. Right, right. And even even so much so that the the comics code authority was outdated because because of that Spider-Man issue, because that that Marvel went ahead and published it and yeah. it didn't have the comics code authority approval on there. Um, Marvel, DC, uh, and, and and some of the other publishers all had a sit down with the Comics Code Authority and basically said, "All right, let's let's rethink some of the things because like the big thing was like you couldn't have drug depiction in 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 comic books." So that changed. That and that changed. I mean, you, you can see it changed with a few months because that oh, yeah. Spider-Man issue came out 
in in like March, April of of oh, 71. so it was in seventy one. It was in seventy one. Wow, it was okay. the same year. And because of that, um, because of that meeting, um, things changed, and they could go ahead and do this one. Um, it was it was dicey because this one has like all of the drug use paraphernalia on the cover. Yeah. Um, so uh, Jules Schwartz, the the publisher at DC, was very very apprehensive about publishing that cover, but in mm. the end, they went ahead with it and. It became the icon that it is today. But this this comes back to something that I've always uh, rationalized it as. It may be showing all this drug paraphernalia. It's not showing you how to, you know, take drugs. Right. It's showing, oh, this is the drug paraphernalia that you use. It's not like, here's how you take drugs. Here's how you take heroin, you know. But yeah, but if you think about the mindset, I mean, you even go back to the, to the, the, the Senate hearings, um, the idea that little Johnny's going to read a horror comic and a zombie rips the head off of some person it's attacking mm-hmm. and little Johnny's going to go, I can do that. I can rip the head off. I'd you know, like to see like, him try. Like, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's not necessarily cause and effect. It's not like here's an instruction manual for how to take heroin. Mm-hmm. It's more like, oh, if, if there's heroin in this comic book, then it must be cool. So I'm going to, you know, that that's that's the idea that yeah. that you know the conclusion that it comes to. Yeah. Um, of course, we know today heroin the least cool drug. Oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not that this podcast condones taking drugs. Yeah, Sorry, exactly. To be clear, uh, no. And, our butts and, there. and you know, if you read this comic, it is. Um, it is in no way a a in no way pro drug. No, in no way is it pro drug. In no way is it like saying, "Hey, look how cool it is." It's saying, you know, it's it's the exact opposite. Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean, let's 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 dive into it. It's uh, um, you know, it's all centered around Green Green Arrow. In the beginning of it, gets shot with one of his own arrows. Yes, um, while by a bunch of home. very interesting. Yeah, Which the writing we, does not hold up. <laughs> no, the, the the hooligans in in his in his neighborhood uh, somehow got a hold of one of his arrows. And yes, in a in a scuffle of trying to steal his wallet, um, he gets shot with a crossbow with one of his arrows, mm. um, and then wants to find out how somebody else came in contact with it. He, uh, he he calls in uh, his pal Green Lantern. Yes. Um, and they go on the hunt for uh, where did the arrow come from? Yes. And um, yeah, no, no, sorry. I'm just I'm just fact checking. I've yeah. Got the, I've got the, <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank I've you got it right fact, here. Thank yeah. you for fact checking. And so they go. Yeah, they're looking to find the arrow, and then they come across uh, this. I I I'm guessing he was a landlord. Who, yeah, yeah. The also, landlord in the basement, the, yeah. the the building manager, the guy who looks like uh, like Carl from Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Um, yeah. <laughs> Deep cut. <laughs> like I turn the page and I'm like, oh my god, it's Carl from Aqua Teen Hunger Force. And uh, yeah, and he's I guess he's also peddling drugs. Yeah, he's 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 building maintenance, building manager, and um, heroin dealer um, down in the uh, down in the basement. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and they they see one of the one of the quote unquote junkies that uh, that jumped Green Arrow out on the street is trying to score off of of Carl. No, no, what's his name, Mister Mister 
I, I'm not familiar with Aqua Teen Hunger Force, but that was uh, that was a good pull. <laughs> You're not. Oh maybe, no, maybe we should do that. Is that next. the next episode? No. no. <laughs> um, let's see, uh, Mr. Browden. Mr. Browden yes, down Mr. in Browden. the basement is the <clears throat> is the is the local junkie dealer, uh, and um, they bust in and they're looking, you know, to find out where. Where he gets his his junk from? Yeah, um, and also in the meantime, he's you know uh, Green Arrow is kind of is looking for his ward Speedy. Yeah, um, it was kind of uh, not reading this issue by itself. It's not particularly well introduced. It's yeah. just like he the implication I guess is that he's been off doing other things and he just hasn't been keeping track of Speedy. Yeah, he hasn't. Yeah, he hasn't <clears throat> been paying attention to him. You know, for for about a month now and. And and Which this is, is why also he went to drugs. This is well, and we'll get to that. Parent but, better. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, and this is also the heyday of, um, and I don't know why it manifested itself so much in comics, but this is the heyday of a superhero taking on a young ward. Yes. You know, it's like uh, a hey the seventies. Well, you know, it's it, it this. I was under, the, imp- I was under the impression that as soon as Batman took Robin, it was everywhere. Well, it kind of was <laughs> everywhere, but you know, it's like like you don't see that nowadays. You don't you don't see them referring to like my young ward. You know, it's yeah. like it's it's. Uh, well, I think the good ones kind of developed into their own interesting three dimensional characters. Like I think uh, Roy Harper in today's DC universe is a very interesting character oh, as yeah. opposed to just attract young readers well and i feel like this is the beginning of that like yeah. this is the beginning of of making him um and, and <clears throat> you know developing the interesting character that they use now in the in the future you know and um yeah well and until he died but you know <laughs> oh that's right he's still dead right now he is still dead right spoilers now. Yeah. uh yeah, no, I, I don't know when the best time to bring this up is, so I'm just going to bring it up now, okay. and we can we can it. jump around yeah. because I mean, there's no need to to follow this yeah. uh, comic page it's, by page. It's but. interesting to see, um, to finally see an event depicted that you have that you have never read before or seen before, uh-huh. but you've seen referenced and is so part of that character that you've followed in other stories. Okay, yeah. Like, I read a lot of New 52, Red Hood, and the Outlaws, which was a very controversial book for many reasons, but um, uh, there there was a lot of talk about how, uh, at least at the beginning of the book, uh, Roy had addiction problems, Mm -hmm. and he was talking with his sponsor a lot, but they... It was kind of twisted through continuity. They kind of changed it and retconned it a little bit to Mm -hmm. be more of a drinking problem, if I remember. So it's interesting to see how the patterns of the story have uh, still impact comics today, but how they maybe interpret it in different ways. Yeah. yeah. Um, And it's still very much a part of that character if and when he comes back, which I can only assume he will. He will. Um, They always come back. Um, It's, well, and it's it's interesting because um, Denny O'Neill even said that, you know, the reason they chose Roy was to kind of demonstrate that it can happen to anyone. Yeah. It's not just the, um, you know, the the lower class society, the the people, you know, that yeah, absolutely not picked as as junkies or whatever. Um, it is it it can happen to the to the you know the the 
a superhero sidekick. It can happen to the middle class family. It can happen to upper class. You know, it's like they chose Roy because and Roy's very well taken care of. Yeah, yeah, yes. and and they 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 chose him because to demonstrate it can happen to anyone. But little mm. did they know that this would kind of set forth what his character would kind of be for you know in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> that character has a very depressing history. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it kind of does. You know, mm. and it and almost like all circles back to this to this issue. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's really just been a punching bag. Now that I think about it, it's totally. really it's really unfortunate. Totally. But um, yeah, it was interesting to see how. Um, it was interesting to see how when they bust in and they find the other the other junkies. That he's uh, hanging out with. That he's uh-huh. hanging out with them. And uh, what's it? Yeah, Green Arrow just automatically assumes, oh, yes, you were spying on them. Of, right. Of course, right. this is where you were. It's like, <laughs> and, you know, with, for someone with a third person perspective, it's like, oh, well, that's unfortunate. Yes. That's unfortunate. <laughs> think that. Um, and then I got to say, it's, it's kind of funny how uh, Green Arrow. Because they rescue, they rescue Speedy, uh, quote unquote rescue, Speedy quote unquote from, rescue Speedy from his undercover amongst the junkies. Yes, um, and then they take him. I forget where they take him. I think they're at their at Green Arrow's apartment or something. Mm-hmm. And Green Arrow like steps out, and then he comes back in, and uh, Speedy is is shooting up. It was <laughs> kind of funny to me how little patience uh, Speedy had. There were there were more it's like op- oh good he's gone for thirty <laughs> seconds. There were more <laughs> opportune times. Yeah yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, that's and that's 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 the big reveal mm. that I mean, not to jump to the end, but the last panel, the big reveal on know, the cover, the big reveal on the cover, which also happens to be the you know the last panel. Yeah, it's like my ward is a junkie. No, um, but it you know it also goes into um, after they discover um, they discover Speedy and uh, hiding with the other uh, the other drug users. Um, they then track down the their source, you know, where they got the, the drugs from. And, oh yeah. Um, Green Arrow and Green Lantern decide to, uh, decide to bust up the, the drug ring. Yeah. Um, only to be clobbered over the head with a monkey wrench. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, um, and then it, the, the, the great irony of like, let's kill him. No, let's pump him full of really good drugs. <laughs> yeah. No, I thought that was, I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. And it was interesting to see what, uh, because we get a chance to look at what Green Lantern's constructs look yeah, like yeah. on drugs, yeah, yeah, and that's and that's one of the things that's really like like is really iconic for me for this is like what is like what would Green Lantern's constructs be if he was if he was strung out on heroin, you know? And it's and it's this gargantuan monstrous version of himself that is just like and he's attacking and, himself and he's attacking himself so it's just i mean it's it's, it's a, a metaphor really great no it, it is and it's a really kind of great um metaphor and and uh reflection especially super subtle as, well especially back in you know in 71 i mean it's like if you're gonna do something let's 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 go all the way with it yeah you know? and make so. it yeah make it understandable especially probably with, for, for a younger audience at the time mm-hmm. uh you know you kind of need to make it more accessible make the message more understandable yeah yeah um but yeah i mean it's and they eventually uh sober up rather quickly yeah um, like and, a little too quickly <laughs> and uh, uh uh roy finds them and and that's when they go back to green arrow's place and and uh uh 
discover that uh, that Roy is in fact a junkie. Yeah, and Green Lantern just flies off. Yeah, and Green Lantern's like, see ya, gotta go. Time to go. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, it's it's uh. Now, uh, the interesting thing is we usually we're usually looking at something um, that uh, has come out within both of our lifetimes. Mm. Um, more likely it has come out in my lifetime. Um, this was, this are, was not in your lifetime? Uh, this was not. This was actually uh, this actually came out the year before I was born. Oh, so, I gotcha. Um, so I came to this. For those of you keeping well. store at home. No. <laughs> This this actually is something that I came to you know later on, but mm. it's um, in the comic book world. It's 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 pretty iconic. And yeah, I'm trying to think of other single issues that would go like in this category of of like instantly recognizable. You know there are, but I think a lot of them are going to be instantly recognizable for for, for other different reasons. reasons yeah. You know, like Hulk one eighty one. Hulk, yeah, Hulk one eighty one is you know famous for the for the first appearance of of Wolverine. You have the death of Superman issue where you know the iconic yeah. uh, you know piece of his cape on a on just such know. a cool cover. Yeah, I oh, mean it's so cool. It's, that, that's an iconic, uh, a, a super iconic cover. Well, of um, course you wouldn't see that if you hadn't opened it up, Brian. True. Yeah. And then um, there's, of course, the um, Crisis on Infinite Earths cover with Superman holding Supergirl. Um, and then the other one with, like, Flash, you know, arm outstretched. Right, right. The, 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 final, the final fate of the Flash is one? Yes. Or, yeah. Oh, wait, no, sorry. No. Not arm outstretched. What am I yeah. saying? Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of, of super iconic covers in, um, in the comic book world. I'm very, I'm very fortunate to be sitting currently next to a spinner rack so i'm looking at oh the first issue of, of watchmen yeah the first issue of watchmen new mutants is, is super uh, iconic uh giant size x-men oh where yeah the new x-men team are bursting through the picture of the old x-men team all of those are are, are iconic in the realm of the comic book oh, world flash of two worlds sorry i just had to put that in there <laughs> sorry go ahead no uh, they're all iconic in the in the world of comic books whereas this one is iconic for not only um in the world of comics but for having a such a strong message and a strong social commentary to say um you Absolutely. know you can even you can even look at the some of the other covers from this run and there's the super iconic one where green lantern's charging his um oh his yeah lantern and green arrows like shooting it with the you know with the with the bow and arrow but but like as far as 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 like a, a a message this this is one of the comic book covers that kind of ranks up there absolutely um above a lot of other ones and gorgeous art by neil adams oh yes yeah yeah, yeah. let's you know this is this is a uh you know, a tip of a hat, the tribute to to Denny O'Neill, but let's not forget Neil Adams' contribution to this. And you know, like the, there's so many other things that um, the two of them worked on and, and together and separately that um, are so iconic of that time period. You know, yeah, their their Batman stuff is kind of like my Batman stuff. Like that. So they did Brave and the Bold, right? Because mm-hmm. because. A lot of things I've heard, Batman itself wasn't doing very well, but everyone was really up on Batman in the Brave and the Bold book. Because, but they were doing Batman as well. I mean, it was like the... Well, the, I think they got Batman after doing Brave and the Bold, though, right, was right. the thing. Yes. Because everyone was like, Brave and the Bold is where the real Batman yes, is. Yes, like. because, uh, well, and while we're speaking of iconic covers, mm-hmm. 
you know, one of theirs, the 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 Joker cover, Batman on the front with you know. The, oh yeah, yeah you know, it's, on the it's, on the card. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's that's like one of the most iconic Batman covers of all time. Uh, I I saw a poster for that and I almost bought it and I should have. It's uh, so it's so good looking. It is. Yeah, it is. Um, um, it's just it's just a smart looking cover. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, it's and and even going on to uh, you know some of the Denny O'Neill stuff that um, uh, he, he wrote Green Lantern and he also wrote Iron Man. I mean, he wrote a great chunk of of Iron Man stuff. And do you, Do you like his Iron Man stuff? Yeah, I do. In fact, I was I was rereading um, some of it uh, when I found out that he had passed away. I was rereading um, the whole Obadiah Stane saga. Oh, he did um, that. He did. And did he invent? Did he create? Not invent. Create? create he did. He did. Yeah. Um, so I was rereading that for a different uh, recording that I did uh, on my own, and that's when I, you know, I found out, you know, he had he had passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was it was it was just kind of timing that I was reading some yeah. of the some of his his Iron Man stuff, you know, and, and that was actually the the point where I I reflected. I knew th- I knew this before on some level, but it just never connected where it's like he's had major influences over two of my favorite characters absolutely over over green lantern and iron man so it's just is he would you say he's one of your favorite iron man writers yeah probably okay yeah when i'm looking back at um because your favorite's matt fraction right yes i mean matt fraction um is matt fraction is one of my all-time favorite writers Mm. and what he did with um, the modern Iron Man stuff was uh, was pretty fantastic, and mm. it was it was is in one of, uh, one of my favorite runs of Iron Man. Oh, absolutely. Um, and yeah, so you I, so you like Denny O'Neill's Iron Man? Yeah, I do. Yeah. You know, it's it's um, yeah, it's, it's it's not Matt Fraction, but it's good. No, yeah, and and you know, not to say that Matt Fraction is better because they're you know we're, they're two different time periods. Absolutely, you know, and so it's. Um, but his stuff does hold up. You know, it's very much more well, comic think, booky. I think comic book writing has progressed to not be as corny as it was in this. Oh, like, correct. Like yes. there's there's some very interesting language that is that is used, not necessarily derogatory or or mean spirited, although there was some of that. But it was in context. But there's also like some like we don't say lad anymore. We don't. No. <laughs> yes. You know. And, and, we and, don't. Com- and yeah, and, so, and some of the colorful language that was in there that is surprising to see in a comic book mm. um, is indicative of this time and this. Um, but I think this it was writing the hard traveling heroes yeah. um, series. You know? But I think it was also given context. Yeah, oh, that, definitely. Um, you know, it wasn't there to be. It wasn't there for shock value. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. there to just be disparaging and nothing else. No, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, and it was. It's fully in the context of of this time period of yes uh, green lantern <laughs> uh all right i give it a plus brian it's good <laughs> good no i, I yeah, recommend yeah. everyone read it don't do heroin yeah you know it's it's one of those um in revisiting this i forgot how good it is um yeah there are things like lad and ward and and other phrases just just things that we would never say today yeah but it's still like i mean we're gonna look back on the comic books that are coming out today and it's like oh wow what is that you know like Mm. there there'll be sayings and phrases and all of that um oh i have seen some that will not age well yeah yeah definitely 
Um, but I'm glad that uh, both Marvel and DC are putting out these facsimile editions. Mm-hmm. Um, they're doing a lot of $1 reprints of key issues. It is the one thing stuff. that is confusing. Yeah. Because they, they do both, and they really, I, in my opinion, don't do it enough to, to, to discriminate between the two. Well, I think some of them, like like this, like this deserves a facsimile because it is a time capsule. Um, not only when you read it, do you realize that it is from a different time period, but when you see the ads in it, mm. it's from a different time period. Oh yeah. Whereas, you know, also it's I, a mail in bike offers. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Whereas if I, I spin it around, like some of these flash issues, um, you know, the, the Superman, uh, uh the death of Superman, $1 issue, like those, um, those can be $1 because like, they're not that old. Yeah and um makes sense yeah so i think but does you know, alpha flight number one need a facsimile edition alpha flight has a following and um that was i think that was the time where marvel was just doing number one facsimiles and it's just like let's just keep this going you know um i mean hey if they're good and people are interested yeah exactly i mean doing the doing the hulk uh 180 181 and 182 Mm. uh facsimiles those are those are cool and it's i think it's cool to do facsimiles of issues that you're never that the normal person is never going to be able to own an actual copy of i think that oh i think that's awesome whereas like death of superman it's a one dollar one because you can buy a copy for not much more than that yeah (laughs) you know um Um, and it's just more accessible yeah you know and it's more accessible whereas like a star wars number one um, facsimile is pretty cool because you have the, you know, you have the ads, um, and you have the, the letter columns and, and, and things like that. And a lot of people are never going to own a star Wars number one. So it's, um, I think, I think the, the, the well, fact that, that star Wars doing, number one, <laughs> well, that, that star Wars number one. Yes. There, there are other star Wars number ones. Um, but doing the facsimile, it's it's a cool time capsule mm. to flip through and see the ads and see the 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 letter column and kind of see what the slice of DC Comics in 1971 was like. Yeah. I yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. So yeah, I would say this is definitely a plus. Um this is a Not um, that you should expect any minuses from this show. <laughs> it's never going to happen. We're never going to review anything we didn't hole. like except the black hole. The black <laughs> hole is the worst thing to ever happen to humanity. Don't watch it. Uh yeah, it's just the worst. Don't watch it. <laughs> was that the last episode? I think that was maybe two episodes. Two ago. episodes ago. Yeah. Uh oh, speaking about an update on our one of our previous episodes. Brian, do you see the Tron 3 thing? I did see the Tron 3. Thing. Are you excited for Tron 3? I am <clears throat> going to answer that in the same way that I answer a lot of other questions about uh, movie rumors and announcement. I'll believe it when I see the trailer. <laughs> you heard because it here first. All I have to say right now is <clears throat> the new Mutants movie. It's going to happen. Like, <laughs> I know it's made. I know there's a trailer for it. I know it's out there, but it's like we're we're going to no no no, but we're gonna see that movie. It's going to be they're gonna put it on Disney Plus. It's not. I don't think it's ever gonna come out in theaters. No, I don't think it ever should come out in theaters. No, I I don't think anybody wants to see it in theaters. I know we'll eventually see it, but it's just it's just like like there's so I mean and and that is it that is an extreme example like yeah um like. 
the movie was made, then the studio that made it was bought, then the studio that bought it wanted to retool it, and then a pandemic hit. You know, so it's like it 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 it's it's a rare exception, but still, it's just kind of like I know that movie exists. I know it's gonna happen one day, but that'd be such an awesome thing to just drop on Disney Plus tomorrow. Like, I think that would be such a nice, just a nice gesture. I don't know if they'll drop it on on Disney Plus or if they will release it on pay per view. Well, yeah, but it'll come to Disney Plus after like a month or oh, something. Yeah, yeah probably. Yeah. Um, anyways, we both really like this book. Yes, we both yeah. really like it. Highly recommend it. Facsimile edition is available. I'm going to get some of the hardcovers in that, um, cover the hard traveling heroes. Um, oh, I so. might be, I might, I might l- try to look into yeah. those. Yeah. So Cause those are very good, right? Yep. The yep. entire series. The entire, the entire run is, is or at least the, the run the of, chunk, the, the chunk run of green lantern, have, green arrow. Yeah, yeah. The chunk that they've reprinted. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. Um, okay, so I think that's going to uh, wrap it up for uh, for this episode. Um, thanks for listening. Uh, salute to uh, to Denny O'Neill, and um, we will see you next time for sure. Have a nice day. <laughs>